This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. In today's episode, I talk with John Miller. John is the author of a wonderful book, QBQ, The Question Behind the Question. And what he's going to talk about today is personal accountability, something that I believe really, really strongly in, which is why I've been doing coaching and training and speaking for engineers is because I want to help you be accountable and help you succeed. And that's why I'm really thrilled to talk to John about his book and his whole idea of this QBQ, the question behind the question, practicing personal accountability at work and in life. And it was a really, really powerful interview. He's a really kind of commanding guy. He had every question answered on point with some valuable strategic tips. And at the end of the show, in our Take Action Today segment, he wraps it all up like into a package and gives you something that you can take and implement, which I love. So before we get into the interview with John, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Please listen up later on in this podcast episode for my advice on how to advance your career in 2018. I'll be sharing info where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. So don't miss it. I also want to mention that you may have heard that we've been doing a new online workshop called the Engineering Management Accelerator. It's a five-week online workshop, different than most others because In this workshop, not only will we help you to learn some of the managerial skills you need and build those skill sets, but we're going to challenge you with a project and you're going to have to present that project to our coaches and to your firm. It's been so successful that we've modified it also into a one day live event version of it. And we're going to be rolling those out in April and May. We have one in April, April 27th in New Brunswick, New Jersey, central New Jersey, and we're going to have one May 18th in Orlando, Florida. So if you're interested in those live events, we're going to be publishing that information soon on our website. We'll get you the links, but in the meantime, you can go to engineeringcareercoach.com and just sign up for our newsletter to get info or email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. Now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode, John Miller is the founder of QBQ Inc., an organizational development firm dedicating to helping people and organizations make personal accountability a core value. John has invested a decade selling leadership and sales management training before becoming an author. His content was developed facilitating over 10,000 hours of training inside corporations from all industries. A 1980 graduate of Cornell University, John lives in Denver, Colorado with his wife, Karen. They have six daughters, one son, and seven grandchildren with more on the way. He is the author of the million-selling book, QBQ, The Question Behind the Question, as well as other titles such as Flipping the Switch, Outstanding, and his newest book, Parenting the QBQ Way, co-written with his wife, Karen G. Miller. Now I'm going to give you a quote to bring us into the interview with John, and I want to give you a quote focused on the topic of accountability, and the quote is from Leonardo da Vinci and is as follows, you can have no dominion greater or less than that over yourself. All right, I'm really excited to 
bring this week's guest to you, John Miller. John is the author of the million-selling book, QBQ, The Question Behind the Question. John, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Anthony, I'm thrilled to be on. Thank you for having me. So, John, I'm really glad you came on because you focus on a topic that is really important to, in my opinion, to people developing themselves, which is accountability. And we're going to get into that today. We're going to talk a little bit about building confidence, but I have to start with QBQ. What does QBQ stand for and how did you come up with this idea? QBQ stands for the question behind the question. And let me just unfold a little history for you. When I was about 27, 28, I got into the industry of selling leadership training in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We now live in Denver. And I was calling on sales managers initially. But over the next 10 years, I called on engineering managers, R&D, operations, HR, CEOs, and I sold them leadership training sessions. And then I would go in, I'd run these sessions, and sometimes, Anthony, they were three-day sessions. And I'd sit in the back of the room as a facilitator, and I would listen. And it took a few years, but I finally caught on that most of us ask pretty lousy questions. Maybe some of your listeners have heard questions like these. Why do we have to go through all this change? When is someone going to train me? Who made the mistake? And one day, around 1994, I said to myself, what if we turned those questions around and asked a better question? And I thought, the question behind the question, the question behind the question. So I went over to a company called St. Jude Medical. They make heart valves in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I taught this little idea, the question behind the question. Instead of asking, when will that department do its job right? Let's ask, what can I do to be my best today? And that would center us on personal accountability. Well, somebody in that session said, hey, QBQ. They shortened it to the acronym of QBQ, and it stuck. And here we are all these years later, and I'm still out teaching QBQ, the question behind the question, because of its core message, which is personal accountability. And I can't think of a more important message than personal responsibility, personal accountability today. And John, you say in the QBQ book that there are two myths of accountability. Can you tell us about those? You bet. That came from honestly working with real people. Because, you know, when you're a teacher, when you're a speaker, when you're helping others learn, you realize over time there's some objections in their mind or cobwebs you need to sweep away. And a couple of things I discerned needed to be swept away were these two myths of accountability. Number one, we've done so much team building in the corporate world. We think accountability is a team thing or a group thing. And what happens is we wait for others to make a difference. We wait for other departments to take action because, hey, we're a team. We start hiding behind the team with language like, the team didn't get it done. The team didn't have enough resources. The team missed the goal. The team didn't reach the deadline. Just yesterday, I was speaking to a group of engineers at Florida Power and Light in Fort Lauderdale. And I taught them this message, hey, no matter what your role is, personal accountability is not a team thing. It's a me thing. So let's never hide behind the team with the oxymorons, you know, shared accountability, team accountability, group accountability, team accountability. No, our success is based on personal accountability. And there actually is an I in team. You know, so often, Anthony, we hear there's no I in team, baloney. There's a lot of I's on every team. And here's the key. When the I's take personal accountability, the team is far stronger. So instead of asking, why doesn't the team get their act together, get its act together. The better question is, what can I do to support the team? So the first myth is accountability is a group thing. The second myth, it's something we hold others to. You know, I mentioned to you off the air, we've written a book called Raising Accountable Kids. My wife and I have seven children. And we wrote this book to help parents realize this truth. My child is a product of my parenting, period. 
you know, it's not Hollywood. It's not Congress. It's not President Trump. It's not President Obama. It's not Grandma. It's not Aunt Jane. It's me. The reason I mentioned that is when we first sent out a notification about the book, Raising Accountable Kids, some parents came back to us by email and said, oh, thank you. Finally, a book I can use to get my 12-year-old to do his homework. No, the book is for mom and dad to work on their accountability, not to make the kids be more accountable. I mentioned that for this reason. All the years I trained managers, I heard this thousands of times. You know, John, I'm going to call my people in this Tuesday and we're going to have a tough meeting because I'm going to hold them accountable. And that's how often, that's how the word accountability is often used or viewed almost as a whipping tool, a punishment. I'm going to hold you accountable. No, personal accountability is not something I do to others. It's for me. So those two myths are we think it's a group thing. And secondly, we think it's something I hold others to. No, personal accountability is all about me changing me from the inside out. I also believe in, I mean, I've done a lot of coaching and training for engineers, and I do think that the group accountability thing is overplayed. It's used all the time and and it gives people an excuse. And let's take that back to personal accountability for a minute here, John. Talk about why personal accountability is such an imperative for both organizations and individuals. Let me give you an example. Just yesterday when I was invited to speak at Florida Power and Light, they're a division of Next Era, big utility. They said to me, John, we've read QBQ, the book, we like your message, but we want you to slant it towards safety. Can you do that? (laughs) Okay, not a problem. Because what initiative in any corporation is not supported by each person taking personal accountability? So that's why it's an imperative. That's why it's so important, Anthony. If you want to have a culture of safety, well, that doesn't begin with someone else. That always begins with me asking the QBQ, what can I do? to improve in this area? What can I do to create a safe environment around me and around my colleagues? So everything that corporations talk about, dealing with change, becoming sharper, better with their customers, selling more widgets, being safer on the job, it all begins with the person, the individual saying, today, I will not blame. I will not play victim. I will not procrastinate. I will simply ask, what can I do to be my best? How can I improve me? That's accountability. And that's what we teach at QBQ. I love that because basically what that saying essentially is that everything can be solved by this. In other words, personal accountability can be a component of any aspect of an organization. In this case, it happened to be safety, but it could be quality control. It could be quality assurance. It could be engineering designs. It could be engineering inspection teams. It all comes back to that, which is powerful. And in terms of that, a lot of our listeners are engineers and engineers like to solve problems. Tell us what problems QBQ solves, John. Let me pick up on that first phrase, engineers you know, like to solve problems. What I've discovered as, over the years as I've spoken to engineering groups, and, and by the way, I'll speak to any group, Anthony, you know, if it's a sales audience, a senior management audience. Uh, recently, I spoke at a receptionist conference, 100 receptionists. QBQ applies everywhere. Personal accountability is so powerful, but engineers seem to like it because it's not a motivational message. Last thing you want to do is bring in some sweaty, motivational speaker who says, I believe in you. What you want to bring into an organization are practical tools. And I have found people with engineering minds, they love the QBQ because we actually teach these guidelines. And let me cover them quickly. A QBQ begins with what or how. It contains the word I because I can only change me and it focuses on action. All this can be found at QBQ.com. But the key is I'm not just telling people go solve problems by being more accountable. We're showing them how to do it. Instead of asking why questions, why is this happening to me, which puts me into victim thinking, or when questions, when will that department get its act together, which puts me into procrastination, 
or who questions, who dropped the ball, who missed the deadline, who made the mistake, which puts me into blame. I need to ask that question that begins with what or how contains an I and focuses on action. And surprisingly, I just answered your question because the three core human problems that QBQ solves is blame slash finger pointing, victim thinking slash entitlement slash whining, and that whole procrastination piece when we literally wait for others to make a difference, when we could say, what can I do today to improve the place? QBQ is all about getting rid of victim thinking, procrastination, and blame. And those are huge human problems. That's why, Anthony, it works everywhere, because whether we're at home or at work, we all fall into these very, very fundamental traps. What I really like about that is essentially what the QBQ does is it forces you to take action and be proactive. And I think that where a lot of professionals I don't want to use the word fail, but where they go wrong today is that they're too reactive to everything that's going on around them, or they're either just waiting for someone to take action when they could actually take the action and move something forward. Well, it's funny you said it that way, because when Stephen Covey came out with his book, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, which was 1990 now, hard to believe, the first habit was be proactive. And as I developed QBQ on my own by listening to my clients, and I started teaching it to groups. I was at a big company called Carlson Companies in Minneapolis. And one of the trainers there fancied himself an expert on the Covey stuff. And he said, huh, this is the drill down for be proactive habit one. That's the way he viewed it because QBQ gets us to do something. It gets us to take initiative because what's the opposite? When will they get back to me? Who's going to improve this place? Why don't they? The opposite of that is taking initiative, being proactive. So the QBQ teaches us to say, what can I do right now to make a difference? And it absolutely gets us to jump on problems today. And we all know mountains come from molehills. We got to deal with problems right now. We teach parents the same thing. Sometimes parents watch their kids engage in the wrong behaviors and don't deal with it. In our Raising Accountable Kids book, we use the QBQ to say, what can I do right now to nip this in the bud? And that's good parenting. You sound like you have a lot of good stories, John. So what's your favorite QBQ story? Sure. Yeah. Actually, it's chapter one of the QBQ book. Give me a couple of minutes and I'm going to tell it and we're going to have some fun with it. I walked into the Rock Bottom Brewery restaurant and it was a Thursday, very busy noontime. They put me at a bar stool because there were no booths or tables available. And I'm waiting a couple of minutes. And a young man runs by me. He's carrying dirty dishes on a tray, big, heavy tray, but he stops. And he looks at me, he says, sir, have you been helped? I said, no, I haven't been, but I'm kind of in a hurry and I just want maybe a salad and a roll. Well, I can get you that, sir. What would you like to drink? I said, oh, Diet Coke would be great. I love Diet Coke. He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We don't sell Coke products, just Pepsi. I said, ah, no thanks. I'll have water and lemon. He said, great. So he takes off. A couple minutes later, he's back with the salad and the roll and the water and the lemon. I thank him. He leaves. Now, Anthony, this is a very key point for organizations everywhere. The organization's extra edge in the marketplace doesn't occur magically. It comes from people, you know, Anthony, John, going the extra mile. So we need individuals going the extra mile so the organization can have the extra edge in the marketplace. Well, this guy didn't need to come back, but, you know, Rock Bottom's a fine establishment. And I guess this is what happens. All of a sudden, I felt the wind of enthusiasm blowing behind my back, long arm of service stretches over my shoulder, right past my ear, places right next to my plate, a 20 ounce bottle, of Diet Coke. I was so caught off guard, I just said, thanks. And he runs off saying, you're welcome. My first thought, hire him. (laughs) (laughs) I want him on my team. And as we wrote in the book called Outstanding, 
I want to hire character over credentials. I think organizations pass up on a lot of good people with character because they're looking for too finite or specific credentials or college degrees. I want to hire character. And I really sensed in this young man accountability and passion and energy and a desire to serve, all those good things we want in a teammate. So I called him over and I said, I thought, thought you didn't sell Coke products. He says, we don't. I said, well, where did this come from? He said, grocery store around the corner. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I said, who paid for it? He said, oh, I did, sir. Just a dollar out of my tip money. So then I said, wait a minute, you've been busy. How'd you have time to go get it? He straightens, he smiles. He says, oh, I didn't go get it, sir. I sent my manager. (laughs) He sent his boss. And I asked him why. He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Didn't you want one? I said, oh, yes, I did. That's great service. That's personal accountability. And here's what he did not do. He did not say, why doesn't the customer learn to read the menu? He didn't ask, who's supposed to be covering the bar area? He didn't ask, when am I going to get more training and coaching around here? He didn't ask, who stuck me on this lousy shift and why don't they pay me more? And he didn't make these three statements. I just shared this with the group yesterday, Anthony. You want to kill a culture? Make these statements. Not my problem, not my department, not my job. This young man was running past me, wasn't covering the bar. Just think if he had said, not my problem, not my department, not my job. I wouldn't have this story to tell you today. And they wouldn't be the establishment that they are. But he stopped. He turned. He said, how can I help you, sir, reach your goals? What can I do right now to make a difference? That's what the QBQ is all about. And that's chapter one of the QBQ book. Hiring character is a very good move. And I think in our industry, I see a lot of engineering firms that are always looking for the credentials. And they tend to forget that just because someone doesn't have a credential now doesn't mean they can't get it. But the character side of it isn't easier for someone to go out pick up a book, read it, and take a test. (laughs) Right. You know, I had a client tell me after I wrote the book Outstanding, came out with that chapter, he said, you know, you nailed it, John, because we do tend to hire on credentials and perceived skill, but we almost always let people go based on character issues. We need to reverse that, meaning we need to have character in the mix, really try to understand a person's character. I mean, Anthony, in Colorado, where I live, the unemployment rate is 2.8%. That's tough for employers, but I don't want to just grab any human being that fogs up a mirror. I really want to delve into their personality and psyche to the extent I can and see if they want to live a life of accountability. Let's see if they're entitled. You know, our society is full of entitlement thinking. Are they going to bring that into our culture? Because we don't want entitlement in our culture. Are they quick to play the victim? Do they blame their last employer? Because if they blame their last employer, someday they're going to blame you. So we want to hire people that really want to stand on personal accountability. I have clients that give the QBQ book to candidates after the first meeting. If they want to interview them again, they say, read this book, come back and tell us what it means to you. Tell us how you'll live it. And they use the QBQ as a way to figure out, does a person really want to stay out of victim thinking, procrastination and blame and come on board, join our team and say, what can I do to make a difference? John, you mentioned earlier the statement that the cornerstone of personal accountability is... I can only change me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think that's a really important statement. Well, the reason that's so important, thank you, is, and I didn't create truth. It's always been true. I can only change me. The problem is whether we're a mom or a dad, trust me, we still need to parent strongly. And that's what Raising Accountable Kids talks about. Or if we're a manager, we still need to coach, confront, counsel, sometimes terminate. We all know that. But if you really want to learn, have continuous improvement in your life, demonstrate what we call the cornerstone of leadership, which is humility. You know, humility has forever been the cornerstone of leadership. You want to draw people to you. I need to have humility in my life. All of that comes back to when something initially 
goes wrong. Let's take a workplace environment. Somebody on my team does something wrong. The lousy manager says, why don't they listen to me? When is he going to get it? Why can't we find good people? When is HR going to find us better people? But the true manager leader is going to say, well, what can I do differently? How can I better train this person? What have I not done to communicate to this individual how to do the job? Have I been there to coach him? Have I watched him or her work? Have I counseled him at the right times? Have I let molehills turn into mountains? In other words, it's all about looking in the mirror, Anthony, and saying, how can I improve me? Now, if you can answer all those questions, then it might be time to let that person go. But more often than not, I'd say 99 times out of 100, when an employee is failing, if the manager looks in the mirror, they realize there's something they have not done. So the manager must say, okay, today I need to work on my skills, my abilities. I must change me. And John, over time here, you've been able to show that QBQ is really applicable to everybody in all walks of life. You mentioned that your wife and you recently came out with a book, Raising Accountable Kids. And I also understand that your daughter, Kristen, and you have recently created a QBQ program for schools. What's that all about? That came about because we were having teachers in public schools, private schools, Catholic schools, just academia at that you know secondary high school kind of level and middle school taking the QBQ book in, the real QBQ book, the hardcover, the, we'll call it the adult QBQ book, you know, for big people. And they were using it in the classroom. They were reading stories out of it to the kids they were teaching. So we decided one day, you know what, we need to bring a tool out that would be something a teacher could use in the classroom. So this is called I Own It. And the title came from our local school superintendent. His name is Rod. We were having breakfast with him one day, Kristen and I were here in Denver. And We said, Rod, tell us about the best kids you've ever seen come out of your school system over all the years you've been a a leader in public schools. And he said, they own it. It's just that simple. And that just, Kristen and I looked at each other and we said, that's the title. I own it. Building character through personal accountability. So it's a workbook that teachers take into the classroom. It gives them exercises and discussion questions and activities that they can do in the classroom, all centered on personal accountability in the QBQ. It's really a marvelous tool. I really love what you're doing because I know there's people in the industry that do a lot of coaching and training and they, they seem to uh, hop around on different topics, but it seems like you've really passionate about personal accountability. You've been able to take it and try to work it into all these different facets, whether it's for parents or professionals or teachers. And I think that that's great because when you find something like as important as accountability, we should try to get it to everybody, right? Well, I appreciate that. Let me give you the insight of a speaker like me. I don't consider myself a coach. I'm not a consultant. That work doesn't interest me. What I love to do is what I did yesterday at Florida Power and Light, get up for 90 minutes and speak to 300 managers, fast, frank, and fun. That's what I love to do. But it's been personal accountability for over 20 years. And you're right. We do it in in various facets through the parenting program, the school program, et cetera. The only divergence, if you will, was the outstanding book, which is a collection of ideas I've learned just by calling on selling to companies all these years. And that's got a lot of meat in it. But if you read between the lines, there's still a message in outstanding of personal accountability because, hey, it's not the other department's job to be outstanding today. It's not my teammate's job to be outstanding today. It's my job. But the inside of a speaker is one quick thing. I'll find people on the web and they'll list their topics and their speakers and they talk about everything from, you know, the Russian language to basket weaving to leadership to building teams. And I think, oh, my golly, how can any one person know so much? I cannot. 
I had focused on one thing. My mentor taught me years ago, you know, the principle of concentration. And we have concentrated on personal accountability for 20 years. Let's talk about outstanding for a minute, because that, that is another one of your books. And that's what I try to do. I try to help engineering professionals be outstanding. And I'm interested, just from your perspective, what does it take for a person or an organization, for that matter, to be outstanding? Well, we've got 47 ideas, and I'll just share a few with you. Organizations that are outstanding, they show humility. They make no excuses. They get actions in line with stated values. They allow people to speak up. They don't speak in code. They speak plainly. They value ideas over politics. They forgive mistakes. You know, we might talk about forgiveness in, in the home world or the spiritual world, but do we talk about forgiveness in our corporations? I mean, that's why pencils still have erasers. Human beings make mistakes. How often do departments hold grudges against each other? I've seen the passive aggressive behavior between departments for years. So we came up with these 47 different things that outstanding companies do, and it's really all about me today choosing not to be mediocre, not to be good, but to strive. It's always striving, strive toward being outstanding. And of course, a, a synonym for outstanding would be exceptional. And that's why the subtitle of the book is 47 Ways to Make Your Organization Exceptional. And it just came about from me starting to call on companies since 1986. I have talked, Anthony, and I didn't know I was collecting data. I have talked to thousands and thousands of managers and executives over 32 years. And you just, you can't help but pick up something. And that's what's in the outstanding book. From time to time, I listen to Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's the personal finance author. For those of you that don't know him, he's a radio host. He's really a financial guru in a lot of ways. He's helped a lot of people get out of debt. And I understand, John, that Dave Ramsey requires his staff to read QBQ and often recommends it to his listeners. Why does he do that? Because I pay him monthly? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's that story. QBQ has been out for a few years. We're in the fifth edition. We just came out with the brand new fifth edition because Penguin Random House came to me last year and said, John, QBQ keeps selling. Let's create a new jacket. Let's do a little editing if you want, see what we can do to improve and make it all over again, make it new again. So we did. But Dave came across it probably 15 years ago. And he'll tell the story. He found it in the Memphis airport and he stood there and he read like half of it. I mean, the book can be read in an hour. And he felt so guilty reading it for free. He decided he better buy it. Now, good man, good man, Dave. So he bought it. And all of a sudden I got a phone call. This was before Dave was mega huge. I mean, he's big today, but even back then he was well known. And I got a call from an intern saying, Dave Ramsey would like to have you on his program. And I said, Dave who? I'd never heard of him. I mean, this was a long time ago. I'm proud, try not to be too proud because humility is a cornerstone of leadership, but I've been on Dave's show 13 times, but who's counting? You know, who's counting, Anthony? And I was on his Fox TV show for about three times when he had that. But here's the reason. He read the message of accountability. And he said, you can't get out of debt without personal accountability. You can't manage your finances without personal accountability. He's famous for saying, I once asked him, what's the most important thing you see financially sound people do? And he said, they bother to bother with their money. In other words, they're accountable for where their money's going. They're accountable for how they're spending it. They're accountable for their debt. They're just accountable. They're, they bother to bother to take ownership for their finances. And so to this day, he's got about six books that are required reading for new staff members. And QBQ was the first one. And now he's added four, five, six, seven different books to it. But initially, when he first started the program of having staff members read certain books, QBQ was number one, and it's still on the list. Now, it's been a great blessing for us, Anthony, I got to tell you. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break for a minute and I'm going to have John come back with me for our Take Action Today segment of the show to close this one out. 
We're going to try to distill this down into an action that you can take and become more accountable and use some of the strategies that we talked about in your career. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And I'm glad that John Miller is going to stick with me today because he's got a really sound piece of advice for you to take this information and implement it. But before we get to that, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Do you want to advance in your career but not sure where to start? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to grow in your profession is to get your engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Visit ppi2pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. For a little extra encouragement, I have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TECH8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's the promo code T-E-C-C and the number eight stands for the Engineering Career Coach, T-E-C-C-8. All right, I'm back with John Miller, author of QBQ, the question behind the question. And John's talked a lot about personal accountability, one of my favorite topics. I try to hopefully instill that in engineers on a regular basis to help you be the best you can be. John's been doing it for a long time now, speaking with a lot of people. John, we talked about a lot of things. What we try to do in this segment of the show is there's information overload out there today. We all know that. I want to try to leave our listeners with one thing that they can do or one idea that they can take. And if people are only to get one idea from your content, what do you hope it will be? Here's the question. Who have you been trying to fix? Who have you been trying to change? This is what happens when we speak, you know, Kristen, you mentioned on my team, she goes out, she's 35. She's been with me 10 years. Anthony goes out and speaks all over the country on personal accountability in the QBQ. And she's learned as well that when we first get up there and start talking about personal accountability, everybody is sitting there in the audience thinking how good this would be for their wife, their husband, their teenage son, their boss, their team. And we always ask them, who's the only person we can change? And, you know, people will say me. And then we ask them, but who have you been picturing? And they laugh because we think accountability is for someone else because we want others to change. My wife and I have been married 38 years. We got married when she was 19 and I was 22. And the only reason this has worked is because one way we decided to stop trying to change each other. So I challenge every person that asks me a, a good question like that. You know, what's that one thing people can walk away with? Ask yourself, who have you been trying to change? And then let it go. Let it go, turn it around, ask the QBQ, what can I do to improve me? How can I change today? And you will be amazed what that does for any relationship. Where can our listeners find you? Where's your site, your books? I always chuckle at that question. It's a great question, of course, but in the old days, we'd give phone numbers and addresses. And now it's just like, hey, QBQ.com. You want to join me on LinkedIn? QBQ.com. You want to check us out on Facebook? QBQ.com. You want to buy books, hire us to speak, license our training? QBQ.com. It's just that simple, Anthony. All right, great. And once again, John Miller, author of QBQ, the question behind the question. John, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having me on. Before we sign off, I just wanted to remind you of the big news about our online community, the Engineering Mastermind. It's a private forum that as of February 26, 2018, will be transformed with a new name 
the Engineering Management Institute, which will have a brand new form interface, which will be much more functional and user-friendly. And also a new benefit will be monthly PDH sessions, but it's not the fact that they have PDHs that makes them valuable. It's the fact that they're going to help you become better engineering managers and leaders. And our first session is going to be on building confidence, February 28th. Now, here's the deal. If you go to our existing website, theengineeringmastermind.com, and you enroll now, the price will not go up for you in the lifetime of you being a member. However, the prices are going to go up in general in February, end of February, with all these new additions and benefits. So again, go to theengineeringmastermind.com, get in now while there's still good pricing available based on the current offer, and you're going to be able to keep that. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. I'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash QBQ. That's all lowercase QBQ, where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.